You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. You know how they say time flies when you're having fun. Well, what a fun season it has been watching the Philadelphia Eagles get to a 14-3 and record, the number one seed in the NFC and one of the best records in all of pro football. Now, as my good friend Hugh Douglas said many, many years ago, it's do or die. Do or die. And that's exactly what it is. No more room for errors for any team that has survived to get to this point. On this edition of Gun on One, we will talk about how the Eagles got to this point, what we are looking for on Wild Card Weekend, and who might the Eagles' first-round opponent be next week. My guest for this edition of Gun on One is the one and only Zach Berman. We're going to start right now. This is Sal Palantonio from ESPN. I'm Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson here. This is the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeffy. This is Donovan McNabb. This is Chris Long. This is Mark Sumoff, the TV voice of the 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is Eagles Hall of Fame quarterback Ron Jaworski. Hello, I'm Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova Basketball. Hey, I'm Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Gun On One podcast. And what's happening? This is your blessed boy, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, and you're locked in to Gun On One. We're locked in to the Gun On One. Gun On One. Gun On One. You are locked on to Gun On One. I've been on the air for 25 years, but I could not wait to be on Gun On One with my man, Derek Gump. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi telling you to stay locked on to Gun On One. It is a number one seed. Welcome back, everybody. Of course, Gun On One is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. I'm Derek Gunn. Eagles, number one seed in the NFC. I brought in a guy who has covered this team all spring, all summer, all fall, and all winter. He is a man who has told me many times he wishes he could sleep at the Novacare Complex seven days a week, but that was before he had kids. It is the one and only Zach Berman from The Athletic joining me. Z Berm, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, T-Gun. Thanks for having me on. As I as I told you before, I, I, I got on. Anytime I can see you, it's a pleasure. I appreciate it, my brother. And, of course, you can all follow Zach Berman at Z Berm 
on Twitter. Follow him on The Athletic. He covers the Eagles for The Athletic. Nobody does a better job of covering this team inside and out. And I also might add, if you haven't done so, I advise you to get his well-written, well-thought-out book called Underdogs about that incredible 2017 journey for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, Z-Burn, regular season has come and gone, man, and it flew by. And the Philadelphia Eagles, although they kind of stumbled to the finish line, they still emerged as the number one seed in the NFC. They are the only team in the NFC, as we both know, that gets to sit at home an extra week, heal up physically, mentally, go over whatever they need to go on to, to get that much better for the upcoming playoff run. But when you sit back and you look at how the Eagles got to this point, first of all, give me your general, general assessment of this team. Well, I am so impressed with this team, and frankly, I'm a bit surprised by the conversation in in the city right now uh, because the Eagles are 14 and three. They are tied for the best record in the NFL. They have the number one seed. I can't speak for your audience, but I did not see that coming before the season. I and I think I think anyone who it this is why you play the regular season to get the number one seed. Uh, so it is it's a remarkable accomplishment and despite the way these last few weeks have gone, the fact that they're 14 and three with a top 10 offense, a top 10 defense, a quarterback who is a legitimate MVP candidate. Uh, there there's, there's so many things that you look at Two 1000 yard receivers. How many times over the past five years have Eagles fans watched this team hoping for hope at wide receiver. And now they have two 1000 yard wide receivers. They have a, they have a 1000 yard running back. They have four, uh, pass rushers with double digit sacks. I mean, I can go on here and I frame it that way because I did not see this type of season coming mm -hmm. and I would just tell Eagles fans to enjoy it because these seasons don't happen very often. I couldn't agree with it more. And, and Z for the 18th consecutive year, an NFL record 18th different team has won the NFC East. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I would say it's the parody of the league, but the reality is that in other divisions that doesn't happen. I think the reason why that is is because there hasn't been that dominant franchise quarterback in this division. Whereas if you look at the AFC West and Patrick Mahomes and you look at the AFC East for a period of time when Tom Brady was there and you look at the NFC North when, when Aaron Rodgers was going mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's, there's some quarterbacks who you say, as long as he's on the team, that team's going to be double digit wins yeah. and in the thick of the win the division. And the NFC East hasn't had that type of quarterback really since Donovan McNabb. And that's why the last time you had winners in back-to-back -back years was mm. when Donovan McNabb was here in Philadelphia. You know, Z, um, after that last uh, regular season finale game against the Giants, Nick Sirianni, much to my surprise and many other people, came out and admitted that Jalen Hurts was hurting and hurting mm -hmm. bad in that game. Sirianni doesn't usually share kind of, sure. that kind of information with us in the media. Considering they now have an extra week to get ready, does it put your mind at ease about him, or is there still cause for concern that three weeks after the fact, he was still hurting badly? Well, that's a good question, because actually when, when Sirianni said that, I, I followed up for clarification when I, I said, you mean he was hurting during this game? Because you're correct. Nick, Nick doesn't usually say that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think – 
part of that was Sirianni trying to illustrate that Jalen was playing through an injury and, and to kind of speak to Jalen's toughness and competitive spirit. And I get all that. Um, I am not overly concerned because the next playoff game is uh, the, the playoff game. The Eagles play is more than a month past the injury. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's going to be lingering soreness. I, 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 I certainly won't pretend to be a doctor here, but that's, uh, a sprained shoulder is a notable injury for a, a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Um, but a month past the injury, I would think that it's a different situation than three weeks past the injury. I mean, obviously, you're, 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 you're two weeks further along in that timeline. I would be more concerned if they did not have that first round by and they were playing this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think the fact that he's had, he'll have enough time there to rest, to rehab, to recover, I think you're going to see the Jalen Hurts that you're accustomed to seeing when they play in two weeks. You know, considering that he lost two games, before he lost the two games, the odds makers had him as the odds on favorite to win the MVP. Do you think he's still there that he that he lost those two games? I said, even when the odds makers had him in a, as a front runner, for whatever reason, people on the outside looking in, have this disdain for Philadelphia teams, Philadelphia sports, so on and so forth. Do you think think he still has a shot or does has Patrick Mahomes basically wrapped yeah. it up with the way he finished the season? Well, I think Joan Hurts absolutely deserves to be in the top of that discussion. I mean, yeah. the team's the team's 14 and one with him in the lineup. When you yeah. talk about values to a team, uh and he's he's not just the engine of the offense, he's he's the leader of the team. They're not 14 and three this season without him. That said, it's it's and I I don't mean to compare Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan, but it's kind of like playing in the NBA during the era when Michael right. Jordan's there. Patrick Mahomes had he's on a 14 win team. Okay, he also won 14 games as a starting quarterback. Yeah. He he has he's over 5,000 passing yards, over 40 touchdown passes. Uh, he loses Tyreek Hill, and the engine just keeps going. It, it shows that he's he's the guy there. If if the award goes to Patrick Mahomes. I don't think Eagles fans can say, oh, they're screwing Jalen Hurts or right. they don't want to give it to a Philadelphia quarterback. I, I don't think that's the case. Jalen, Ho- uh, Jalen Hurts would be a worthy MVP candidate. It just so happens that he it's, it's a year when Patrick Mahomes has been outstanding as well, and they can only give one of those out. Now, one, another uh, concern has to be the availability of Lane Johnson. Um, yes. From your guest estimate, get your best guesstimate right now. Do you think you'll be good to go come game time? Well, and 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 you know Lane well. I mean, he yeah. plays he plays through injuries, yeah. and every it, it's it seems every year he's he's toughing through something out. He's 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 fighting through something, and so I I have to guess knowing Lane Johnson's history for the past decade that he'll be on the field for that playoffs. Mm. Now, I got to imagine he'll be hurting, right? A core injury is significant for an offensive lineman. So yep. much of your power and your movement comes from your core. Uh, so he'll have to endure the pain, and I know that's easier said than done. And I imagine there's a lot of people who mm. would reasonably miss extended time with this injury. Uh, I'm guessing Lane's going to be out there. I imagine that's why he delayed surgery, but uh, it's, I mean, 
I I don't envy the way he'll be feeling during that <laughs> no. game or the next morning. You know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but 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 from my perspective, Jack Driscoll is not the answer on the right side. For whatever reason, Sirianni seems to have that reluctance to move Malata to the right side and insert Andre Dillard. Would you continue moving forward, keep Dillard where he is, or would you make the, the adjustment along the offensive line? I probably would have considered that that change a little bit more if Lane Johnson was out for an extended period or an mm-hmm. indefinite period. I think when, when Lane delayed that surgery uh, and – you know, trying to play in the postseason, then you you have a timeline there, even if it's somewhat ambiguous, that you know you're you're playing two games, perhaps with Jack Driscoll. I mean, they thought they were going to wrap it up. I imagine in the Saints yeah. game, yeah. but uh, so you get the buy. I I had no issue with them sticking with Driscoll in that situation. If Lane was out for the entire playoffs, and yeah. and you're saying, all right what's the best five we have for this run, then I, I, I could see more of an argument for moving Jordan Mylotta over. The thing I, I need to emphasize is this is not like it was last year mm-hmm. where, you know, you think to training camp in 2021, Jordan and Andre Dillard were competing for that left tackle spot. Jordan was taking snaps on the right side in training camp. Ever since Jordan Mylotta won that job, other than that time last year when he was the uh, – you know, when he moved over for Dillard, right. Jordan's been the left tackle. He's the starting left tackle. It's not like he's taking snaps on the left side and the right side during the week. Um, he is the left tackle. Uh, so I would be reluctant to moving Jordan Mylotta over unless it was a longer term move than simply two games. Okay, I'll agree with that. Now, now Sirianni has described Avanti Maddox's toe injury as serious. You think we'll see him back this season? Well, the fact that they did not put him on injured reserve, I think Eagles fans should find encouraging because when the injury occurred, they could have put him on IR and they would have had him back for the championship game at the earliest. And they would have opened up a roster spot, which they've needed in in recent weeks. Right. Uh, So I, yeah, I've heard it's serious. I've heard it's indefinite, but I, I, I think that the fact that they kept him on the 53-man roster, mm-hmm. shows you that they're that they think there's a possibility for a return here. Uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson is finally back. Uh, Sirianni, I mean, uh, uh, Gannon moved him down to the slot and stuck with Reed Blankenship in the back end of the defense. Is that the best case scenario in the absence of Avante? Is that the best case scenario for what's to come? So, so that was a, an interesting move because essentially what, what you're deciding when you go to nickel is is you want Gardner Johnson deep and Josiah Scott in the slot, or do you want Blankenship deep and Gardner Johnson in the slot? And I I don't know if there's a perfect answer for that. I think when you start to view the matchups that you could potentially have in the postseason, you're going to see some really good slot receivers, and you're going to need to feel confident in your coverage. And I think Josiah Scott does a good job in zone coverage. I think that he's, he's a little more susceptible in man coverage. And I think that's where maybe you want that certainty or, or you at least want to see Garner Johnson in the slot. It could depend on the, on the, on the matchup, frankly, but like, let's say they play Tampa Bay and you're and you're playing Chris Godwin. I would certainly want Garner Johnson in the, in, in the slot there. Uh, so most teams you play perhaps other than the giants, 
I I think you're you're gonna see you know it's it's gonna be a challenging matchup inside, and I would probably want uh, the better cover guy inside, and you can you can try to get by with Blankenship at at safety, which they have. But of course, the best case scenario would be Avante Maddox returning. Mm. You know, the last three games, both Sirianni and Shane Steichen have come out and said after games, we have to do a better job of calling plays. What do you want to see from this Eagles offense that, that, that may have been missing the last few games that they have to get back to doing for an extended playoff run? Honestly, I, I think each each game was a different story. Um, you know, and I thought the Dallas game, they 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 called a good game. They 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 put up points, turnovers were the problem there. New Orleans game, I mean, nothing worked out mm-hmm. off, off, offensively. We could spend the next hour talking about how bad mm-hmm. that, that Saints game was. This past game, uh, red zone was the problem, and they stalled in the red zone. And I think a big part of that was Jalen Hurts, uh, was not having that threat to run. They did not have any designed runs in in that game. It was either scrambles or the quarter, or a, a, a quarterback sneak, which mm-hmm. I suppose you say is a designed run, but I put that in a different category. You weren't seeing the same zone read game that you did before the injury. So if there's anything that I think would make this offense better uh, in the postseason, it's Jalen Hurts' legs. That is such a threat. It changes the shape of the defense. It changes the way the edge rushers play you. Uh, and I, I, I think that's that's going to be critical. And, you know, I, I know fans are, are clamoring for, you know, traditional handoffs, but I think the running game with Miles Sanders, the running game with Gainwell or Scott, that all starts with Jalen Hurts. I view Jalen Hurts as their top runner because of the, what he brings to the running game, even when he's not carrying the ball. Uh, so I, I think that for this offense to kind of take the next step there mm-hmm. in the postseason – it's Jalen running the ball. And then the other thing is they they need to target Dallas Goddard more in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard, if you look at his catch percentage, if you look at his yards per catch, uh, he's he's been more productive this year than he's been any point in his career, right? Mm-hmm. And he's they, they really missed him when he was out of the lineup. And I think getting him uh, – I think getting him going and knowing what you already have – with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that will really invigorate the passing game as well. Hey, speaking of the running game, you know, for the most part, we see Miles Sanders get 15, 17 touches a game. A few times he's exceeded 25 touches. Do the Eagles need to increase his touches in the playoffs on the gr- in the ground game? Well, if, if, if they can start playing with leads more, then certainly. And, I, I you know, I, I think part of these past two weeks or three weeks, uh, Sanders has had a bit of a – of a knee injury. I, you know, I think they've been managing his, his snaps. They've been in, in some hurry up or third down situations and they, they go with Gainwell in those spots. Uh, but the formula that, that, that the Eagles want is they want to get ahead and then they want to run the ball in the second half. Right. And that's, that's where miles can be especially dangerous. So yeah, I, I think miles Sanders is one of their best playmakers and they need to get him the ball. But if, if I'm, uh, looking at ways to improve this offense, my top priority is to get Jalen Hurts going in the running game. You know, it's amazing that no matter what Jonathan Gannon has done this season with the type of personnel he has had, when you and you mentioned some of the things off the top of this podcast about the the, the tremendous amount of success this defense has had, led the league in sacks, 
for a lot of the season, led the uh, league in forcing turnovers, so on and so forth. He gets a lot of criticism in this city, yeah. man. Yeah. Is it unfair or in some cases fair? Well, I think it's unfair. It depends what the criticism is, right? right? If 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 your criticism is that this defense can be susceptible against top quarterbacks, um, yeah, that's fair. They haven't played a lot of those quarterbacks this right. year, but I think that um, stylistically, yeah, the, a they're they're more vulnerable if 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 you're preventing the big play, if you're allowing things underneath some. Uh, there are certain quarterbacks who are willing to take that. And you saw that more last year than you see this year. But if the criticism that he needs to blitz more, okay, or he needs to be more aggressive, I think that's entirely unfair. And the reason I'm going to say that's entirely unfair is, look, the objective of a blitz usually is to get a sack or to force, or to force a turnover, right? And they sack teams at a higher rate than any uh, team in the NFL. And they they take the ball away a better than just about any team in the, in the, in the NFL. So I, I think that's unfair. I think there's this, uh, this, you know, the, there's a segment of the fan base that seems to be clamoring for a certain style of defense that Jonathan Gannon doesn't play. And I think mm-hmm. you, you need to look at the result. The results have been there this year. They are one of the best defenses in the NFL. There is not a metric you can point to where they are not among one of the best defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they're they're doing a lot of things well, and in many cases, exceedingly well. Uh, now, if you look at things through the prism of how will they look when they face Dak Prescott mm-hmm. in the playoffs, or how or if Tom Brady gets hot, how will they look when they face Tom Brady in the playoffs? That's a fair question. Um, or if they get to the Super Bowl, how will they look if they face Mahomes or Allen or Burrow? Those are fair questions, mm-hmm. right? My counter to that would be Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and even uh, you know Prescott. They 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 do that to most defenses. There's a reason why these guys are top of the league. But certainly, um, without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You, you know, I, I think that's the lingering question yeah. with the Gannon defense. But if your issue is they need to blitz more or your issue is they need to play uh, more ag- aggressive coverages, I would say – what more do you want them to do this year? They're yeah. they're 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 getting to the quarterback. They're taking the ball away, and they're forcing three and outs at yep. a high rate. They're for, they're 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 getting off the field on third down better than a lot of teams in this league. Um, so there's uh, like just the data supports what they're doing defensively this year. Does it bother you that he he doesn't have his corners play more press coverage? When you look at the overall wealth of talent that he has on the back on, uh, of that defense, two Pro Bowl caliber cornerbacks, a, a Pro Bowl caliber safety and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's back now. But even when he was there, this this defensive scheme, for as good as it has played, you know, they'd like to play five, seven yards off a receiver. Whereas you look at a team like the Saints, once they got Marshawn Lattimore back, they played a lot of man coverage, bump and run with Eagles wide receivers. 
does that bother you as much as it does some people, including myself? I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, yeah. even including myself. It depends on the matchup, D-Gun. Okay. There's, there are certain matchups where I definitely think that it, it, it makes sense to be more aggressive in coverage. But if you, if, if you look at it philosophically, there's a school of thought. And I, I, I wasn't covering the team when Jim Johnson was here. But yeah. uh, from what I understand, Jim Johnson, he wanted to force an early result. Right. Mm-hmm. He 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 wanted to. And 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 sometimes that's a bad result. Sometimes that's an early result. But it's kind of like mm-hmm. Jim Schwartz, for instance, uh, if if you watch the tape of, you know, the the mic'd up in the Super Bowl segment on mm-hmm. that last drive, he says, we're going to force something. You know, it, you know, we're going to get it's, it's going to be a sack. It could be a big play for the offense. But 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 like we need to be aggressive here in yeah. this spot. OK. And that's 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 kind of the, the Jim Johnson style of of defense throughout the game often uh, from what I understand. I, I wasn't here when Jim Johnson was here. Uh, yeah. What, 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 what Gannon's defense is more philosophically is prevent the big play is the, is that the, the biggest, the, if one of the biggest indicators of winning and, and losing this organization feels is the, the big, the, the big play difference, the big plays mm-hmm. you produce on offense, the big, the big plays you limit on defense and specifically when they're playing with leads, what they think is the easiest way to lose a lead is to allow a 60 yard pass or 70 yard pass. Mm-hmm. And this defense does not allow big plays at a high rate. Um, so they're willing mm-hmm. to let you go on 10 play, 12 play drives and hope that at some point in that drive, mm-hmm. there will be a sack on a third down. You'll have a, uh, there'll be a tip ball. That's an interception. There will be a you know a strip that's a fumble right. There's 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 more chance to make that type of different you know there's a holding call that pushes them back into a long third down and I know mm-hmm. the counter could be third and thirty uh, against Dallas. Well, the Eagles didn't give up a lot of third and thirties this year. They gave up a really costly right. one against Dallas, but that's more the exception than the rule. So philosophically, what what they're trying to do is force you to go on an extended drive where at some point there. They'll make a play on a third down. They'll 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 get you off the field, or they'll force a turnover. Um, but I do think there are certain matchups where yep. it makes sense when you have these corners to be aggressive because they have the talent on the outside to do so. When you have a good measure of success on both sides of the ball, the way the Eagles have had this season, obviously other teams are going to start looking to pick off some of your your coaching, uh, some of your 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 strategists, and sure enough. You know, we find out that both uh, Gannon and Shane Steichen are interviewing for potential head coaching jobs this week, which is basically the Eagles by week. Which one? I'm going to ask you like two or three questions in one here. Which one do you think gets a head coaching job first? Do you think both could leave? Do you think only one could leave or could both be back with this team in 2023? All the above. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so which one do I think? So, I mean, if you just look at the number of interviews requested, uh, Shane Steichen is is drawing more interest from teams. Um, Jonathan Gannon was pretty far down the road last year with Houston and very well could be again. And so Houston requested to interview him, and Houston's a mm-hmm. team to watch there for Gannon. Um, Steichen would be appealing to teams in particular – that are trying to, to develop a young quarterback. And I say that because he's worked with Hertz the past two years as the offensive coordinator here in the play caller. Uh, he was with Justin Herbert the year before. Um, so if you're looking at a team 
like Indianapolis, who might draft a quarterback early, or Carolina, who is trying to figure out their quarterback position. Uh, both have requested interviews there. I mean, yeah, Houston, for all we know, could, you know, they're going to be in the quarterback market with the number two pick. Um, yep. So uh, he 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 would make sense in those types of situations. Um, but uh, it, I mean, there are only thirty two. NFL coaching jobs right now. There's only five that are open, right? Five. Yep. Um, so uh, you know, there's there's much more. Um, you know, there's there's much more supply than there is demand. So I I don't know if either will get a job, but um, you know, I I do think that it's important that Nick Sirianni is prepared because one of the the biggest challenges to sustaining success is coaching staff turnover and how you replace your initial staff. And we've seen mixed results of that, frankly, in Philadelphia during the past, you know, decade and a half. So I am, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Sirianni does. I, I, I know there's some internal candidates that this organization mm-hmm. likes if, 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 if they were to lose either or both Gannon and Steichen and Nick Sirianni get a, he, he, he got a head start on the defensive side last year because there was a period yeah. of time where it looked like a strong possibility that Gannon could go. If you're a candidate, which of the five jobs is the most appealing to you right now and why? So this is a kind yeah, I, I don't want to give you a, a, a long-winded answer, but there's different right, ways right. Of, of viewing this because from like a roster resource from a resource perspective, yeah. I think Houston is pretty interesting. You have the number two pick in the draft. You also have what the 12th pick, I I, I believe you have yeah. Two first rounders next year. You have, uh, you know, a, a lot of cap space, a reservoir of day two and day three picks. Um, there's there's a real chance to get young talent last year, similar to what Doug Peterson had last year. Although mm-hmm. Doug Peterson took over a team with an established or, or with a promising young quarterback. Yeah. Um, Carolina, I think, has the best roster of the openings, um, but there's a big quarterback question there, and they don't have the same pathway to getting a quarterback. Um, now, if you're looking at it from like organizational alignment, Arizona has an opening at coach and GM right now. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that could be a that could be appealing for a coach because if, if you're hired first, you can pick the GM you're working with. Right. And that could be that, you know, there are certain advantages there. Uh, so that's a roundabout way of of saying that um, it's. I think Carolina would 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 be the job that's most appealing to me. I, th- I think it's a division that that you can make noise in going forward, and I think they have some some talent and some draft picks on the roster. But you really need to have a plan to address quarterback there. Zach, I'm shocked you didn't put Denver at the head of that list. I'm waiting for you to well, say Denver. Okay, so so yeah, so I actually I'm higher I'm higher on Russell Wilson than most. I I okay. think okay. I think Russell Wilson can be fixed. The thing with 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 Denver is you gave up so much to get Wilson yeah. that they don't have the 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 draft inventory or the the cap space that uh, some other teams have. So you really need to be convinced that the roster as it stands now with a few modifications can win. Okay. So as we look at the Eagles picture, bringing it back closer to home now, the Eagles, like a lot, all of us in this region, we get to sit back and watch wildcard weekend unfold. 
when it's all said and done, the dust settles. Who do you think the Eagles' first round opponent is going to be? I'll I'll go chalk here, and I, okay. I think Dallas um, okay. because I, I think Minnesota beats the Giants, uh, and I think San Francisco beats San Francisco. I think San Francisco beats Seattle, uh, but. I think Tampa could be a tough matchup for yeah. for Dallas. I saw yeah. Byron Leftwich say today that they're as healthy as they've been since OTAs. You know, you, you never count out Tom Brady in January. Uh, so I, I think the winner of that Bucks cowboys game, I think the best scenario for the Eagles would be the Giants up, upsetting the Vikings. I, yeah. I, I really yeah. think the Eagles would handle the Giants. Um, but I, I think that that Cowboys-Bucks game, and I think, frankly, the, the Bucks winning is a better outcome for the Eagles. Because I think the Cowboys will be a really tough matchup if they play them. All right, let's go through the wild card weekend. You know, and, and I know you tipped your hand a little bit here. I'm going to start with the NFC. Of course, it all starts with uh, San Francisco taking off, uh, taking on the 49ers. Niners have beaten them twice already. You know, you're talking about two quarterbacks matching up that have had Cinderella stories. You know, you look at a Geno Smith habitual backup finishes the year like a 70% completion, which is unbelievable. And his kid Brock Purdy comes from out of nowhere, Mr. Irrelevant, and keeps that machine rolling. Niners have beaten him twice. Do you think Seattle has a prayer of upsetting the 49ers? It's hard to beat a three. Te- uh, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. But yeah. Sa- but San Francisco has been a machine, like you said. And you know there are you know uh, I, I the reason they beat him twice is because they're the better team, yeah. and the reason they'll beat him a third time is because they're the better team. Wow. All right. Giants, Minnesota. Christmas Eve took a 61-yard field goal last play of the game by Greg Joseph for the Minnesota Vikings to wipe their brow in relief and win that game by three. Giants are getting a little healthier in defense, got some personnel back on the back end of the defense. You think the Giants have a chance of knocking off the Vikes? Well, yeah, I do think they have a chance. I mean, the Giants have played teams really tough this year. They've been much better than I anticipated. But I think Minnesota is a better team. They're the home team. Um, I, I do think they win that game. Okay. When you look at Dallas going down to Tampa Bay, now on paper, Dallas has a better roster. But I'm watching the last two games Brady played where he's thrown four touchdown passes, no interceptions. And we, you know, we take into consideration he's 45 years old, but he's still slinging it, still getting the ball out of his hands fast. You look at a Dak Prescott. 15 interceptions in 12 games. He's, he's had seven consecutive games throwing a pick. Do you think Dallas goes down there and beats them, or do you think Dallas is going to be a one-and-done type team based on Dak basically unraveling this season? I think Dallas is good enough to win the Super Bowl, and I think there's okay. enough variance there. Oh, don't say that. The Eagles, <laughs> Eagles fans listening, oh, my goodness. No, but it, but I think there's enough variance there for them to lose in the first round, right? Okay. Like, I, I think that's, that's – I, I, I think that's the spectrum for Dallas because this is a really tough first-round matchup, but it's also a team that uh, that has talent on both sides of the ball, that has a quarterback and and, and, and weapons that that can put up points, that has uh, you know that has pass rushers that can really yeah. you know make a team that, that 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 can really disrupt the game. So they have such variance. I think Dallas beats Tampa Bay, okay. but this is going to be a really good game. I can't wait to watch that Monday night. I agree with you 100%. All right, let's flip over to the AFC. Chargers at Jacksonville. Back in week three, Jacksonville smoked this team. Kudos to our guy, Doug Peterson, taking over that yeah. team that Urban Myers basically destroyed and getting him in the playoffs his first year at the helm. 
you think Jacksonville makes it two in a row against the Chargers? I don't. I think the Chargers win this game. I, I, I yeah. I think I think Jacksonville certainly can. Uh, I, I mean, they're the home team. They 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 are they're hot of late. Uh, I think the Chargers have the better roster, uh, and you know, I I I think they can move the ball on offense. I got to see Mike Williams' status. That's that that's a big injury mm-hmm. there, but uh, I, I I still go with the Chargers winning this game. All right, we got the Dolphins at Buffalo. Of course, no Tua. Skylar Thompson yeah. is going to try to win a game in, in Buffalo. Do you think it's going to be like Custer's last stand? This game's going to be <laughs> over quick. Yes, I think so. This is the, I, I don't want to say it's 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 going to be like Georgia TCU, but uh, it'll probably be the closest one to that this weekend. All right, Baltimore and Cincinnati, they split their two regular season meetings. Basically, as we know it right now, no Lamar Jackson, which means no chance for Baltimore. Not no chance for Baltimore. I I love this Baltimore defense. I okay. I think okay. they I I think Cincinnati wins this game. Since Cincinnati's a legitimate Super Bowl contender, they've been playing well this year. But I think Baltimore, uh, if if Lamar Jackson were healthy, yeah. I would think Baltimore would be like a sleeper team to make the Super Bowl. Okay. I like the way they're playing defensively. Ever since they added Roquan Smith, that's made a big change. You know, that's that that that's really helped them. They're yeah. they're so versatile. And you know, I, I I heard someone I heard someone earlier make a good point that this is a, this is a defense that was almost designed to play against Cincinnati, right? Uh, so I think they're going to give Cincinnati a tough game, but ultimately I think Cincinnati wins. All right. I love your insight. I love your knowledge and perspectives. I, you know, I tell you that all the time. We we brought this up on our show sports take, uh, which, you know, which, which entails me, Barrett Brooks and Rob Ellis. And we came up with so many different answers. There's like nine different coaches who are legitimate candidates for coach of the year. When you think about what has gone down this season in the national football league, your perspective, who do you think the coach of the year is? So I I probably uh, uh, try too hard, like, yeah. not to have uh, a leaning toward the team that I cover. Yep. Um, and I am so impressed with what Kyle Shanahan's done, losing yep. two quarterbacks, winning with his third-string quarterback. But San Francisco is expected to be this good this year, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe not at this level. If you look at the Eagles over under for the year, you know, they were what nine and a half going into mm-hmm. the season. They, yep. they, they won 14 games. Um, I would still lean toward Nick Sirianni. Okay. Uh, I think uh, the jump that they've made, but, but there's so many deserving candidates. And I, I mean, I, I think Doug Peterson is in that conversation. Um, yeah. Like I said, Brian Shanahan, Dable. Pete, yeah, Brian Dable. I, I, I gotta say Pete Carroll, would be high up there for me. Yeah. I did not think much of this Seattle team. Um, so it's it's hard to say. I, I guess I I would I would go with uh I would go with Shanahan or with mm. Carroll this okay. year. Um or, or or no, I would go with Sirianni or with Carroll this year. Okay. Yeah. All right. I want my final question to you. I gotta put you on the spot. Now I didn't prep you yeah. for this one because I wanted it. No problem. I wanted a very spontaneous answer. In all the years that you have been covering sports. Have you ever had to write a story? It just made you, it just made you cringe. You didn't want to write it because you knew the outcome was going to create conversation that you didn't want to be a part of. <laughs> no, 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 because, never, no, uh, never a story to just, man, I really don't want to write this. I know it's going to, I may, I may turn some people off. I may yeah, anger some I, people. I mean, there's been a lot of that. There's, there's yeah. been a lot of times where you say, all right, this story, 
this this might not be received favorably or yeah, yeah. i i know when i wake up in the morning there's 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 going to be calls and texts about this and this is going to be this is going to be a headache but ultimately if 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 your name's on the top of a story you need to be confident that 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 your material that your reporting is sound yeah. that that your that your writing is sharp and you know that that you'll deal with the fallout i think the only time you should be nervous about the story yeah. is if you're not confident with the material if mm-hmm. you're confident with the material then you should always live with the fallout and and, and so uh I don't think, you know, in in 11 years on this beat mm-hmm. and 15 years doing this professionally, there've been a lot of stories that I've written that could have been better. There've been a lot of stories that I've written that 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 could have been, you know, there there could have been a, a, another call made mm-hmm. or, you know, I I think everyone's like that. But there's never been a story where I put something out that I knew was not true or that that um that I thought uh you know, I don't want to have my name on top of that story. Mm. So, uh, so I, I think as long as your name's on on top of the story, it's incumbent upon the reporter to be confident in the material. But yeah. having said that, yeah, you know what's, uh, what's that? Uh, the the uh, the Twitter handle old takes exposed, right? Yeah, there's yeah. been a lot of stories that I've written that have not aged particularly well, <laughs> and and credit to the people in the story because you know Jason Kelsey has a line, and he's absolutely right. You write your own narrative, right? Yeah. And ultimately, it's the players and the coaches and the executives. They write their own narrative. When they yeah. win, um, that's the story. When they lose, that's the story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as we know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people in our industry that simply write stories for sensationalism and to, to for self-gain, I, I guess that's the simplest way to say it. Yeah. And look, everyone has has a different style doing this. I yeah. know that in this business, everything is about your relationships yep. and not at and, and trust me, there's people that I've, that I write about and, and have written about that haven't liked what I've written, but I think they would, they would all agree that I, I, or I hope they would agree that I handled it professionally, that I gave them a chance to respond yep. and, and, and that there was no agenda going into the story other than, 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 than trying to write the truth. He is Zach Berman, incredible writer for The Athletic. Please follow him in all his writings for The Athletic as he covers the Philadelphia Eagles inside and out. You can also follow him on Twitter at ZBerm, Z-B-E-R-M. And, of course, if you haven't done so, as I said off the top of the podcast, you got to get his book, Underdogs, incredible story about the uh, Eagles' journey of that Super Bowl run in 2017. Zach. A sequel this year. Who knows? Hey, there you go. And I can't (laughs) wait to get that one also. But this time, I want an autographed version of the book if you write another one. Anytime. anytime. All right, brother. Man, thank you for giving me some time on uh, Gun on One here, man. My pleasure. Thank you, D-Gun. All right, brother. That's going to wrap up this latest edition of Gun on One. It is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. For my man, Zach Berman from The Athletic, I'm Derek Gunn. Everybody out there, stay blessed, but more importantly, extend yourselves and be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. Until next time, we out of here. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.